The Denver Broncos now shift their sights to the Pittsburgh Steelers week five. Will Teddy Bridgewater be available this week? We get a little bit of an update from Broncos head coach Vic Fangio. Plus, we answer Broncos country mailbag questions on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode, Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by co-host Sarah Bettinger. Both of us, we cover the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown NFL Network and Nine News every single day. So make sure you follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcast free and available everywhere. And thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Not to mention you can subscribe and watch the show on YouTube. So hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications so you get every single video that we do here. Lockdown Broncos. And today's episode show is brought to you by our good friends over there. RockAuto.com. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Sarah, my friend, it's great to see you. Obviously, we've had uh, time to go back to watch the game, to let the loss of the Broncos against the Ravens on Sunday kind of sink in. Now we deal with a little bit of the aftermath. We look ahead to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And look, Broncos country, they want answers. They're angry, my friend. But uh, great to see you. Great to see you too, Cody. Yeah, it feels like, you know, during the first three weeks of the season, there was some type of major injury in every game. And here we are after a loss, and it feels like the Broncos are kind of on the mend a little bit. So interesting, uh, interesting change of pace, um, but definitely not the preferred method. You know, you don't want a loss to to have to bring that about. So uh, definitely, though, definitely tough to tough to swallow. I mean, it's not it's not easy that first loss of the season, but you do have to get it out of the way at some point. And thankfully, the Broncos are still three and one still got a very good chance at the postseason, historically speaking. So we'll see what happens this coming week. It's going to be interesting. Ben Roethlisberger, a completely different player. And the Broncos, frankly, could be a completely different team by by Sunday in terms of the guys coming back. I think Ryan Edwards, good friend of the show, put it really well on social media the the Broncos weren't expected to go undefeated this season that loss was going to come eventually and there's going to be other losses this season I mean it's just the nature of the NFL unless they turn together a magical historic all of a sudden everything is fixed everything is changed type of performance and mentality against some of the NFL's best teams you know the expectation was Denver was never going to go 18 and 0 this season so you know the loss is out of the way you can do you know a couple things from what we said you can either let it you dwell on it or you can learn from it so the Broncos they have no time to feel sorry for them themselves obviously they are off on tuesday to report to the team facility on mondays to get treatment we hear from vic fangio and we get some good news on the injury side of things he's mentioned that patrick sertan and deontay spencer both those players are day-to-day they're expected to be okay which you know collectively take a big sigh of relief right there in terms of where the broncos are at there but right now the biggest question is going to be who's the quarterback this week sarah and well we're not going to spin these controversies about quarterback this quarterback that for teddy bridgewater He's in the NFL concussion protocol, and that is completely operated by an independent party, not of the National Football League, and they must follow that to a T, obviously with everything with concussions and things like that. So Teddy's going to have to undergo some testing. He's going to have to undergo some processes, and Vic Fangio had mentioned that he could be limited this week, potentially up until Friday. It really depends on where he's at, and obviously in his recovery from a concussion, which they can be tricky. They can take time. There's a chance he doesn't practice on Wednesday. There's a chance he might not practice on Thursday. But I think the best hope for the Broncos, Sarah, would be if he's limited on Wednesday, limited on Thursday, and maybe can come back full practice on Friday. 
the Broncos are going to need it. Look, I don't think that anybody can say that the offense looked different with Drew Locke versus Teddy Bridgewater. The offense, for some reason, every player, their body language, when Drew Locke came in, and I don't think this is really indicative of Drew Locke. I just think the situation, you're losing in a game, you lose, obviously, your leader that everybody in that locker room right now believes in, felt like a little demoralizing. And obviously, the body language in that second half of the Broncos offense it was a telling sign. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing to consider, too, for me, Cody. The Pittsburgh Steelers obviously have one of the best pass rushers in the entire NFL. T.J. Watt has been terrorizing quarterbacks. He, he's been a defensive MVP candidate. He's been one of the best at hitting the quarterback in the NFL over the last couple of years. So to me, this is what you really have to consider while the rest of the roster may be on the mend with Teddy Bridgewater coming off of a concussion in this game against the Baltimore Ravens. You really have to consider the fact that he may get hit hard again in this game. And that's going to weigh, I think in their decision ultimately of, okay, Vic Fangio's talked multiple times about how this is a 17 round fight. That's what he said in his press conference on Monday. This is a 17 round fight. We lost the fourth round. You can't be losing future rounds of the fight because you're making a selfish decision to put Teddy out there against a guy that might hit him really hard. I mean, you can't just assume that he's going to get hit, right? But you have to assume he's going to get hit. It's, that's that's yeah. You want to go into the game believing that Bobby Massey and Garrett Bowles are going to play well enough that TJ Watt isn't going to get home. But at the same time, if Teddy Bridgewater takes another big hit, who knows what that could do to him long term? And you you got to protect your players. Vic Fangio seems to be all about that, right? So we got to make sure Teddy Bridgewater is protected. Drew Locke said after the game he's gonna he's gonna plan like he's the starter this week, and I think you have to plan for that just in case. And and that's that's maybe the safer way to go about it. I don't think everybody's gonna want to hear that necessarily because fans are impatient. We want to win games. We want to get on the board. We want to get that fourth victory as soon as possible so we can get to the fifth, sixth, so on and so forth. But you've got to assume Teddy Bridgewater coming off a concussion. If as long as he's cleared, I mean, good to go. You know, so be it. What happens in the game, that's that's on him. That's on the Broncos. But man, you've got to factor factor in the fact that T.J. Watt's going to be coming hard. Well, I think it's really on Pat Shermer as well this week too. Look, if Teddy's going to be able to play in this game, or even Drew Locke, in my opinion, you as the offensive coordinator, you are responsible for putting together a game plan that not only just protects your players but puts them in a position to be successful. I don't know if the Broncos' standard five-man protection, maybe even with a running back. I don't think that's going to work this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think the Broncos have to have a concerted effort, maybe a lot of 12 and 13 personnel this week, Sarah, because look, you need additional help. And the Broncos offensive line, not just the interior guards, it is good news that Dalton Reisner is expected to play this week, according to head coach Vic Fangio from his Monday presser. That's good news right there. You're going to get Reisner back at left guard, and you're going to have Muti, who still has room to grow as a young guy. We'll see if Graham plays. A lot of uncertainty about his status, but the offensive coordinator needs to protect the Broncos offense right here. And if you put him in a position, if you put Teddy Bridgewater coming off of a concussion into a position where he may take a lot of hits, which both Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater took a lot of hits against the Baltimore Ravens, that right there is simply unacceptable. I know Mike Munchak and Chris Cooper, they're going to be working to rectify some of those issues, whether it be communication, whether it just be you losing your one-on-one -on -one battle. If it's a one-on-one -on -one battle that becomes an issue, then you have a bigger question as to, okay, is our depth good enough right here? Is our starter good enough at this position? 
that's something we have to have answered this week. So obviously a lot of insight for the Broncos here. Not a lot of time to turn things around. Unfortunately, some circumstances that are going to impact them leading up to this Pittsburgh Steelers matchup on Sunday. Sarah and I are going to have you covered all week long. Not to mention looking forward to this week. We get to talk with Chris Carter, host of the Lockdown Steelers podcast for Crossover Thursday. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. Both Sarah and myself, we're going to answer some of your mailbag questions that you sent in to us on Twitter. And we're going to go through and we're going to take a look at the game of the Ravens again. We're going to put some things into perspective and we're going to address some of the issues that the Broncos have and what they can do this week. Coming up here in just a moment, but before we do that, let me tell you about BetOnline.ag and BetOnline is your number one spot for all the professional and college football action this upcoming season. We're on to week five now and all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are getting ready for that mid-season stretch, that mid-season run that's coming up right here and with a new updated site and interface, BetOnline makes it easier for you to find the latest contest information, more odds and props today and they continue to be the number one source for everything pro football. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code locked on and you'll get that bonus with that from football basketball boxing right to your favorite vegas casino games bet online gives you everything that you need to get in all the amazing offers for the 2021 nfl season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action bet online where the game starts all right, Sarah, let's get into some Broncos mailbag questions here. We got a lot. And look, a loss, I think, is going to generate more questions uh, that people have because there's a lot of things that people want to know where things went wrong, how the team can fix it. So I'm going to start things off here with Broncos Avenue. And they said, in how can the Broncos approach the film room and practice this week to better prepare themselves for Pittsburgh after what happened on Sunday? Sarah, I, I hate to be cliche, but look, really, it's okay. We got to go back. We got to watch the Ravens film. And that's what they did on Monday. They watched the film. You flush it out of your system. You identify this is what we struggled on. And then you look at your opponent's film throughout the rest of the week. This is what they do well. This is maybe where we can have an advantage and we have to take advantage of some of those matchups there it's going to be tough but that's really just the cliche answer every week I don't think there's anything special they have to do this week I just think that they need to understand that on the offensive side of the ball we have to figure out how we can run the ball and how we can stick with the run because quite frankly on Sunday against the Ravens they abandoned it and there's no good excuse there's no reason why and I know that's going to come up as well, but Sarah, what uh, what mailbag question did you get from a member of Broncos country? Yeah, we got our our, our boy Patrick, uh, and it, it kind of goes in line with that, Cody. You're talking about specifically film study, how you how you make adjustments off film. But Patrick asked, what's the biggest adjustment you see going into next week for the offense? And and I think for me, Cody, the biggest adjustment that needs to be made is that the Broncos need to include more plays that generate yak yards after the catch. We don't see a lot of that. I think with Pat Shermer, we're seeing a lot of plays that require the quarterback to take a deep drop and you go through your progressions, you go through your reads, they're, they're longer routes being run by the receivers and it's all about timing. It's all about being in the right place at the right time, having the right coverage to, to go against. But I think the Broncos need to find ways to gain yards after the catch. And that's, of course, easier said than done. But at the same time, that's what your guys right now that are healthy are really, really good at. Uh, and so I just think they have to emphasize that one way or another. I think we saw a couple of times they tried to do that getting a couple of plays where, where Noah Fant and Albert Okwebunam were going across the field, trying to get them exploiting man coverage. So I think Pat Shermer's really got to do a better job with that. He's got to do it similarly with the running backs, I think, coming out of the backfield. And, of course, 
that's a lot on the quarterbacks. We saw Drew Locke miss a couple of, of screen passes, one to Melvin Gordon, another one to Noah Fant that Fant actually caught, but it was just kind of poorly timed. It allowed the defense to, to really rush and get upfield. And, and I just think that the timing is off on these type of things. And, and Pat Shermer is doing too many plays that are long developing. The quarterbacks are getting hit as a result of it. So I think you got, like you said earlier, quick hitting pass plays, get the yak involved. But I'm interested to know what are your thoughts specifically on that topic? What do they need to do differently based on what we've seen so far? Well, you know, I think it's just adapting. What are we good at? What are we not good at, right? And, and I'm eager for a conversation tomorrow with Tim Jenkins when we get the All-22 and he goes back and watches it and does his film breakdowns. Just really what went wrong? How much of it is on Pat Shermer? How much of it is on the offensive line and quarterbacks? I mean, I think that there's this necessity to blame. Look, Pat Shermer deserves a lot of blame for the Broncos' offense because he's responsible for the entire unit. However, it also is on the players to execute. And you could tell that the Broncos offense, they just came out flat. It seemed like once Teddy Bridgewater went down, it seemed like their morale just went down as a unit. So, I mean, I don't know how you can fix that, Sarah. I think it just takes time. I think you obviously have to have more reps there. But there's there's an evident belief in, in one quarterback versus the other right now. And I don't know if you can solve that. I really don't. You know, if Teddy's healthy, there, there you go. It's solved. He's going to be in the lineup. But that's just a weird position right now that the Broncos are in. I think it's important, though. But I agree. you got to get guys more involved. Some of these short passes, you know, we're seeing them take a lot of shots on third down, third and short, third and long, where they're forced to. Actually, ironically enough, third and short, they're taking shots downfield. Third and long, they're taking shots to the short to intermediate stuff, which is super weird, it. Sarah. It's like the most maddening thing in the world. And, and look, I, I, I get it. You're limited because the defense will show you different things, and you have to give what the defense takes you. But – Man, it's just an odd kind of reverse imbalance right there for the Broncos on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, speaking of the offensive side, Broncos Insight on Twitter asks us, what do you do about the offensive line? I get that there were injuries to the guards, but the line looked bad the first three weeks as well. I Now, I want to pinpoint and provide clarity on here. I feel like the Broncos offensive line through the first couple of weeks, I actually thought they looked pretty well. There's a couple of times where guys got inside pressure, and obviously you had a couple of breakdowns here and there. That's the nature of the game, but for the most part, I didn't see as many of the issues in those first three weeks of the season for the Broncos offensive line as we saw in week four. I mean, we were talking about a time where, hey, look, Teddy Bridgewater has all this time to sit in the pocket and deliver strikes against pressure. And that is exactly what happened. And so I think that this is a week where we really saw things kind of go backwards for the Broncos in that regard. I think so, too. It, it was tough to watch, too, because the Ravens were getting pressure from all angles. I think I saw in the box score they finished with 11 hits, four sacks. I mean, that's that's something I know Garrett Bowles really took upon himself at the end of the game, right? In his post-game press conference, he took the loss upon himself. And Vic Fangio said on Monday, you know, he's he's got to play better, specifically in pass protection. I think that's really it. It's not necessarily a thing of just technique. It's not necessarily just being out out. It's just it's just flat out being outplayed. You got outplayed by guys and and Credit to Odafe Owe, man. We talked about him leading up to the game last week, and he's obviously been one of the best rookies in the entire NFL, and he's a freak of nature athletically. So you, you, you're bound to struggle with a guy like that that's really just white hot. I mean, you look at any other sport. If a, if a three-point shooter in basketball is, is hot – they're just going to hit threes no matter who's guarding them. If a baseball player has been on a hot streak hitting home runs and extra base hits, they're going to stay hot. It doesn't matter who you throw at them in terms of pitching or de defense or whatever it is. 
always just hot and and you just had to deal with that so and that you see the ripple effect from that from everybody else so i think it's definitely just like vic fangio said you hate to even hear it put this way but you just got to play better i got a question from (laughs) oh yeah no i I agree with you there completely yeah yeah it's tough but you just got to do it so uh, I got a question here from Alec, who's been engaging a lot on Twitter with us, which is so awesome to see. So um, which position group, Cody, would you lean towards? We're looking through the crystal ball here. Which position group are you leaning towards the most likely choice come around one of the 2022 NFL draft? Edge, wide receiver, corner, or inside linebacker? Ooh, it's tough to say right now. You know, in my opinion, I'd say based on what we've seen with the injuries to Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, I still think that the Broncos need a very polished, well-refined speed guy route runner as well to help complement them. Because look, the injury to Jerry Judy and KJ right now, they loom larger, I think, than anything else. The impact is bigger than we initially thought. It, like we we talked about initially, it sucks losing those guys, but you know what? You have Tim Patrick, you have Cortland Sutton, and you got these young guys that are going to be expected to step up, but dang, did they really miss them on Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens? The Broncos, just going back and watching the film, they don't have a single person right now that can create separation you know, with their route. You know, you're throwing these jump balls and these contested balls to Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton. They have nobody to get open, to scheme themselves open. So for me, look, I think you go wide receiver again. But then again, everything could change, right? It, all of a sudden, those guys come back. Well, obviously not KJ, but Jerry's going to come back at some point this season you have to factor in, okay, do you go with the young guy here? It's such a tough realm here because everyone's going to be talking about quarterback for the Broncos. But in my opinion, Sarah, there's a lot of question marks about this year's quarterback class that we're quite frankly, we're not even there yet. So, you know, let's relax on the draft stuff here, Broncos country. But I do think if you have to take a little bit of a too early look right now, I'd say wide receiver is probably the biggest need. And maybe you can make the argument about edge or inside backer, but yeah, man, it's so, so hard to tell right now. It is. It's hard to tell based on we don't know what the team's going to do with prospective free agency, mm. right? I mean, those position yeah. groups that were touched there all involve, for the most part, some very prominent free agents in the 2022 group. So Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick um, at wide receiver. And then, of course, you've got Von Miller off the edge. Then at, at inside linebacker, both Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson are also free agents. So it just depends on how the team really – recalibrates after this year or if they decide to make some moves during the season I mean, we've called for an extension for tim patrick we've called for an extension for Cortland sutton von miller josie jewel so i think that those things could ultimately wind up determining the direction they go but for me cody you've always got to look to what's the deepest position in the draft and of course this year's class looks very good off the edge it looks very good at wide receiver so those are those are two positions that i would say you definitely want to prioritize earlier on but i think right tackle gets needs to get some love there as well i don't think bobby massey is going to be the starting right tackle for the denver broncos next year unless he has a huge turnaround this season so in that case i don't know that the right tackle that will start next year is on the roster so i think that could be a position as well that you look at early in next year's draft if you don't trade your picks for aaron Rodgers, right <laughs> yeah well you got to keep in mind that that's going to be the case the broncos are not going to have a first round pick for the next three seasons so broncos country be careful be careful what you wish for though Look, Aaron Rodgers, he's still slinging it. Despite that week one performance, he is slinging it. He's looking good. Uh, But, you know, how would he do with his offensive line if they played the way that they played on Sunday against the Ravens? But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We got more mailbag questions that we're going to answer, specifically even touching on some film tendencies that the Broncos are apparently showing. And how much does that really change the Broncos approach? We get to that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about rockauto.com. They're the other sponsor of today's episode of the show. And if you need anything for your vehicle, rockauto.com has everything for your vehicle. 
vehicle, whether it's an engine control module, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new stuff for your car, but even air fresheners. They got you covered at rockauto.com. I love the smell of vanilla or that new car smell in terms of that hanging up. Obviously, you love that stuff right there, Sarah. Even black ice is a very good smell for your car, and rockauto.com has a wide variety of that stuff. But not to mention, prices at rockauto.com, they're always reliably low, whether you're a professional or do-it-yourselfer. You no longer have to spend 20%, 30%, 50%, or even 100% more elsewhere because rockauto.com has you covered with the lowest prices out there possible. Not to mention, their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck based on year, make, model, brands, specifications, and even the prices you prefer all at rockauto.com. So head to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or your truck, right? Lockdown Broncos in there. How did you hear about his box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Sarah, jumping into the fourth quarter action. Today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Just a reminder, Broncos country, if you love this podcast, please do Sarah and myself a favor. Hit that subscribe button. Turn on notifications on YouTube. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you get an opportunity to do so. It'll help grow the show, but it means the world to us that you tune in and you make Lockdown Broncos your first listen every single day for all your Broncos news content and coverage. But, Sarah, my friend, a lot of great mailback questions. There was something that came out after the Broncos lost to the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson had an interesting quote about the Broncos linebackers and what they saw on film. And all of a sudden, everybody's taking it and they're saying, oh, the Broncos elite defenses. Now, you know, you can break it down and you can expose it by watching film. People, please, you got people that have never played a down of football that are saying this. Here's the deal. When you watch film, I don't know if anybody's ever coached. I, I've coached and I've got this experience. Maybe not everybody understands it. When you watch film, you see ways that you can beat teams. You can capitalize against what they do. You see it all the time. And it, when it happens, you have to adjust to it. And he said something about the Broncos alignment with their linebackers and whether or not they're in the A gap, they know that they're going to try to stop the run. The Broncos actually on film, Sarah, they'll walk Alexander Johnson up or Justin Sternod into the A gap and they'll, they'll keep them there at the snap of the ball. They're going to drop back. They're going to get depth or they're going to blitz. So I, you know, like I said, be careful what you see from certain headlines, certain people that just want to write these little headliney clickbaity type things to get your attention, to get a click, that's not the case here, so please, let's stop overreacting. The Broncos' defense, in my opinion, Sarah, I still think they're top tier. Look at the Los Angeles Rams that just struggled on a Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals, who, by the way, are 4-0. But there's things that that number one defense did wrong. They struggled. Are they not elite anymore just because they lost the game? I don't think so, but – same thing here for the Denver Broncos, man. Anyways, I'm fired up today. It's it's Monday. It's it. Tuesday. I'm fired up, man. What the heck is going on in the world? Love it. But our next mailbag question is going to come in with Nezzy1909. With our run game working so well early yesterday and a beat-up wide receiving room, why didn't the Broncos lean on it harder? Surely it's easier for a young offensive line to get out and run block than it is from the pass block against the Ravens' front seven. Poor play selection from Shermer yesterday. What is it? Well, what Vic Fangio said is the is that the Ravens were winning on the run downs. And so what whatever that means, I guess that means on first and second down, the Ravens were able to stop the run in the second half enough to the point that the Broncos just kind of scrapped it. So I think there was either four or five rushing attempts in the entire second half for the Broncos. So I think to me, they did abandon it. And, and of course, if the Ravens are winning on rundowns and you're down by 10 points with the threat of them scoring anytime they get the ball, of course, there's going to be some urgency to get the ball downfield. So Pat Shermer, I think, overcorrected a little bit. And of course, 
Fangio also pointed out that yards per carry is not a great, uh, not a great way to kind of determine the success of the running game. Of course, Javante Williams had the huge 31 yard run that will hopefully get him a angry run scepter on good morning football. It was an incredible <laughs> play, but at the same time, you know, if you're not winning the run downs, that, that does present a problem. And we saw the Broncos weren't winning enough. I mentioned on the post game uh, show that we did Cody, the fact that they weren't having success off of play action either. So I don't know. The run game just it, it, it continues to be a sort of elusive thing for the Denver Broncos, whether they're struggling to run the ball or whether they're abandoning it when they're having some success. It just seems like they can't find the right formula. We got time for a couple more questions on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. So I'm going to throw you another one here, and it comes in from Ben Stecker at softball underscore guy on Twitter. Should Vic Fangio be considering phasing Caden Stearns in for Kareem Jackson sooner than later, given Kareem Jackson's coverage struggles and Stearns' apparently fast growth? This is interesting. I'll throw my little quick thumb note on here is that Caden Stearns did everything yesterday from the dimebacker position, not a safety from the dimebacker spot, but I mean, it is hard to maybe argue that what he was able to do as a dynamic guy blitzing the quarterback, and even in coverage on one play, uh, it's hard not to argue. Maybe putting Caden Stearns back there and maybe making Kareem Jackson your dime linebacker. I love that. As you were asking the question and explaining your answer, I thought the exact same thing. Maybe just rotate <laughs> those guys a little bit. We love seeing that too high safety look. I think Justin Simmons is getting a little bit too much flack for this game, Cody. I know that he he – you know, There's that crowd out mis- there. There is, there is, and there may have been some miscommunications, as Simmons alluded to in his post-game press conference. But at the same time, he also made a few of the best plays for the defense in this game. So yeah. I think he's getting harped on pretty, pretty hard because, like you said earlier, Cody, everybody's looking for a reason to, to, to blame a loss on somebody. But I like this idea a little bit. You know, Kareem Jackson does excel playing in the box. And Caden Stearns is obviously extremely athletic. He made one of the most athletic plays on the field yesterday for either side when he broke up that deep ball from Lamar Jackson. So I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't hate actually seeing that. That could be interesting. Uh, maybe we, uh, maybe we unveiled Vic Fangio's game plan this week a little too early. You know, who knows? But I would love <laughs> to see that here. But Sarah, final question on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Just a reminder, thank you so much to everybody that sent in their questions. We get a lot, so sometimes we don't get to answer every single one of them. We try our best here, and we're gonna finalize things here with. Chase Wellner, he says, I've heard concerns about no offense effort on Sunday. Personally, I had a hard time watching closely enough to notice. Thoughts on that? Uh, you know, Sarah, for me, quickly, I, I didn't really see that issue with no offense. I, like I said, I think it goes back to the entire offense. Once Teddy went down, I felt like everybody's morale and their head just dropped. Not just no offense. I just felt like Van was frustrated because there were a couple throws, either one too high or one too low in the dirt for him in this action here. He, you know, he's had opportunities to get open, and then when he's been open, quarterbacks have had a hard time hitting him. So I think maybe that's where we see fans' frustration or the lack of effort. But I didn't see that with Noah Fant on Sunday. I didn't either, Cody. And I think, you know, not to hurt ourselves, patting ourselves on the back here, but we talked about Noah Fant needing to be featured in this game. And, of course, he led the team with 10 targets. So the Broncos were trying to force feed it to Noah Fant a little bit, and I like that. I like that they're doing that. I think the miss, the big miss from Teddy Bridgewater early on where he hit the Ravens defender in the back as Fant was running the route down the left sideline there, that was a big-time miss early in this game. And yeah. Fant was – he was he was actually kind of rolling a little bit. I think that he was getting open, and he was doing a great job. So I don't think effort is in question for him. Of course, we know that he's had 
kind of issues with the ankle over the last year or so. So that could be a factor. If it looks like he's giving poor effort, maybe he's actually just hurting on that ankle. So I think that we're seeing some good things from Fant. I think that he's kind of adapted his game to if he is if he is playing hurt, he's adapted himself well. So I definitely want to see more from him, though, continually. The Broncos, there's no reason why he shouldn't be getting 8 to 10 targets every single game. He's a mismatch in the passing game. And again, get him some yak opportunities. That's what he's great at. More yak, baby, and that's the hope this week here for the Denver Broncos. They hope to rebound after the Baltimore Ravens loss on the road against another AFC North opponent here in conference play for the Broncos. But Broncos country, that will conclude today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. Tomorrow's episode of the show, we're going to be joined by Tim Jenkins. So obviously, if you have any questions, make sure you send them in here on the comment section. We'll be sure to kind of forward those to Tim Jenkins so we can break it all down on tomorrow's episode of the show. Just a reminder, thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. Now for your second listen. Listen, the NBA season is starting up, and look, the Denver Nuggets are getting ready, so make sure you check out Lockdown Nuggets, hosted by Adam Matas, and now, you know, series of Chicago Bulls fans, so if you're a Bulls fan listening to this, make sure you check out Lockdown Bulls as well. Free and available everywhere you get your podcasts, but with this said, Broncos country, Sarah and myself, we'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.